The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There's a teacher, and her name was Donna, and she was a fourth grade teacher. And they sent in an educator to watch her class, and then after what he does is he watches the class, and then he gives a tip to the teacher what the teacher is doing wrong and what they need to do to teach the class. Okay, so this teacher, Donna, was a, and these are all true stories. Donna was a teacher in a Michigan school, a very, very small school. So this, this guy is writing the story who's, who helps teachers. And he says the following. He says, I took an empty seat in the back of the room and watched. All the students had an assignment. What was their assignment? Their assignment was to fill a sheet of paper in a notebook with thoughts and ideas. And what were they supposed to write? Things they cannot do. So he looks at the first kid's paper. I cannot kick the soccer ball past second base. I cannot do long division with more than three numerals. I can't get Debbie to like me. Okay, goes to the next student. I can't do 10 push-ups. I can't hit the ball over the left field fence. I can't eat only one cookie. That's me, right? Okay. Then he goes up to the teacher and he realizes that the teacher has given every kid write a full sheet of paper what they feel they cannot do. So all of them are writing these papers. Lesson for a teacher. The teacher says, I'm also going to do the same thing. So he goes up to see what the teacher's writing. And this is what the teacher's writing. I can't get John's mother to come in for a PTA. I can't get my daughter to put gas in the car. I can't get my son, Alan, to use words instead of fists. Okay? Okay. So now they're all finished. So she says, all the students... Fold your papers, bring them up to the front, and put them in this empty shoebox. So they all collected. Donna, the teacher, takes hers. She puts it in, closes the lid of the box, and walks out of the room. And all the, he's following. He doesn't know what's going on here. She walks out of the room. All the kids follow her. Halfway down the hall, she enters the custodian's room, rummages around, and comes out with a shovel. Shovel in one hand, shoebox in the other. The teacher marches the students out of the school to the farthest corner in the playground. There they begin to dig. They were going to bury their I can'ts. The digging took over 10 minutes because all the fourth graders wanted a turn. When the hole approached three feet deep, the digging ended. The box of I can'ts was placed in position at the bottom of the hole and quickly covered with dirt. 31 10 and 11 year olds stood around the freshly dug gravesite. Each had at least one page of I can'ts in the shoebox. So did the teacher. At this point, the teacher announced, boys and girls, please join your hands and bow your heads. The students complied. They quickly formed a circle around the grave, creating a bond with their hands. They lowered their heads and waited. And now the teacher delivered the eulogy. Friends, we gather today to honor the memory of I can't. While he was with us on earth, he touched the lives of everyone, some more than others. His name, unfortunately, has been spoken in every public building schools, city halls, state capitals, your house, your room, even in the White House. We have provided I can't with a final resting place and a headstone. He is survived by his brothers and sister. I can, I will, and I'm going to do this right away. But they're not as well known as their famous relative, I can't. Perhaps someday with your help, it will make even a bigger mark on the world. May I can't rest in peace. And may everyone pre present pick up their lives and move forward in his absence.
Amen. As I listen to the eulogy, I realize this is the guy that's this is the guy that's supposed to be giving the teacher a lesson. As I listen to the eulogy, I realize that these students would never forget this day. The activity was symbolic, a metaphor for life. It was a right brain experience that would stick in the unconscious and conscious mind forever. Writing, I can't. Burying them and hearing the eulogy, that was a major effort on the part of this teacher. But she wasn't done yet. At the conclusion of the eulogy, she turned the students around, marched them back into the classroom, and held awake. They celebrated the passing of I can't with cookies, popcorn, and fruit juices. As part of the celebration, the teacher cut out a large tombstone. She wrote the words, I can't, at the top, and put R.I.P. in the middle. The date was added at the bottom. Listen to this godless. The paper tombstone hung on the teacher's classroom's wall for the remainder of the year. On those rare occasions when a student forgot and said, I can't, the teacher simply, simply pointed through the gravestone. The student then remembered that I can't was dead and chose to rephrase the statement. He says, this guy writes, Now years later, whenever I hear the phrase, I can't, I see images of that fourth grade funeral. Like the students, I remember that I can't is dead. This is such a godless story. Every teacher needs to do this. Now, not every teacher, all of you need to go home and write such a paper and put it on your wall. There is no such thing in this world as I can't. There's I won't, there's I don't want to. With Hashem's help, there's no such word. I was brought up in a house, that word, in the Marines, there's no such word as I can't. You say you can't, they will show you that you can. My father, all of a shalom, so when he was a soldier in the United States Army, so he was this Jewish skinny kid, 120 pounds, from New York, and his first maneuvers, which is when they go out fully packed, was in Savannah, Georgia, in 140 degrees. And they were in the swamps of Savannah, full of these snakes that are this wide, crocodiles, Everything that could kill you lives in those swamps. They gave all these new soldiers. My father, a Jewish kid from New York, he weighed 120 pounds. They gave them each an 80-pound backpack full of weapons and everything. And they said, you guys today, we're going to walk in the next two days, 26 miles. Fully backpacked with 80-pound backpacks. And they all, like, you know, you have the backpacks in front of them. And the sergeant says, put them on your back. And they're like, Sarge. We're not even in training yet. My father's like, I can't even lift this thing. You want me to carry this for 26 miles? And the sergeant said, there's something I forgot to tell you. You see, where we're going in the, mar- in, in the swamps, there are alligators, there are venomous snakes, there are boa constrictors. There are things that you don't want to meet in the middle of the night. He says, we have a saying, where you drop is where you stop. So you need to know that we will not pick you up. We will not carry you. Where you drop, we keep going. So if you want to be there tonight with them by yourself, drop. But where you drop is where you stop. My father said, first time carrying 80 pounds on his back. He did 26 miles. And he was sleeping half the time, just walking. Where you drop is where you stop. He said, you have no idea what those, it was 120 degrees. He said, there was no way, there was no way that a human being could do it. You, that's what they teach you in the army, that you could do. There's no such word as I can't. So girls, that's the physical army. And I just told this to the girls in California. That's the physical army. The spiritual army is the same thing. Sometimes in your life, emotionally and spiritually, you got to carry an 80-pound back on a girl that weighs 40 pounds spiritually. 
She has to carry a 120-pound spiritual backpack for 26 miles. And she's like, I can't, Robert Wallstein. I can't do it anymore. I am done. I am finished. And I'm like, where you stop? Where you drop? Is where you stop. You give up here, it's over. We're not going any further. So just like there's no I can't, like this teacher is telling them, bury the I can't in your life. You can. You want to? It's a different question. But you can. Because every neshama in this room is part of God. He takes a part of him and he benefak be apov and he and he blowed it. He blew it into Adam. It was a part of Hashem. It's nishma Hashem that he blew into Adam. And there's one thing about God that you need to know. God does not have in his vocabulary the words I can't. He buried that a long time ago. There's nothing in the world that God says I can't. And he blew that into each one of us. That there's a part of Elohim, there's a part of Hashem in all of us that says there's no such thing as I can't. What a brilliant story, this teacher. What a brilliant story. We all need to bury because it is hard out there and there is a lot of things. And we are going through a lot of emotional things. And we have this backpack and it's bigger than us. Sometimes it's so big, it's bigger than us. And Akash Baruch says, you put it on your back and you march. And don't worry, you'll make it. Just put it on your back. There's no such thing as I can't. And that's why Kalei Yisrael is still here. After the Holocaust, after the six million, after everything that we're going through, with the whole world wanting to destroy us, with it all, because at the end of the day, Kalei Yisrael is Am Kishay Oiref. What does Am Kishay Oiref mean? We are a nation that never says I can't. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.